everyone. My name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. This is a podcast where we talk about fan fiction. Sometimes our episodes are themed, and this is one of those episodes. If you've been tuning in for the past couple of months, you will know that starting with June, we picked up a monthly themed episode, usually with some kind of catchy moniker. Um, and the one that we have come up with for this episode is Remember September. Uh, the concept for this is that we had to, or we have, picked fix that we have read before, but have not read like in at least two years. Like we have to have read them over two years ago. Um, so what we are actually doing now is we are recording this intro before any of us have reread our picks. Hello from the past, Ficklix. Hello from the past. Um, yeah, basically the concept is that we are going to pitch to you what we remember or more likely don't remember of these fics um, that, again, we definitively have read in our fandom past. Um, and then in what will be no time at all for you, but will be two weeks for us, uh, we will come back and record the rest of our episode and sort of see what we remembered, what we didn't. And just, yeah, chat about some fics from our fandom pasts. Reed, since your fic is up first, do you want to tell us about uh, basically just tell us the plot of the fic? Oh, I... Spoiler horns, figlets. Mm -hmm. I would Tell love to. Tell us about to. this fic, Reed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you read it? Like, how long has it been? And then what do you remember about it? So my fic that I brought for this episode is By No Ordinary Means of Communication by Laughter Shock. Uh, it is for the fandom Skyfall 2012. The pairing is James Bond slash Q. Um, it was written in 2013. Um, yes, I... I definitely, like, had seen James Bond movies before I saw Skyfall, but none of them had an impact on me as much as Skyfall did. Like, seeing that in theaters, I was like, this is peak cinema. Oh, my God. This movie is so goddamn good. I read a lot of Bond Q fic because I really loved that movie, and I was I really enjoyed, like, the dynamic of their relationship as it was built up in fandom. Um, I will also say there was some stuff in No Time to Die, which is, as of now, the most recent Bond movie, where I was like, I feel like... Whoever wrote this read double O Q fic because like Q with his like hairless cat and like Absolutely. having like Bond and Money Putty over. They must have. Like they literally, I think they did. It was literally yanked from so many fics I've read from this era. Now, let me get into this fic, which I definitely remember. Um, so here's the problem with bringing a fic that I probably read when it came out in 2013 and have not really read since. Oh, wow. Yeah, like I I am sure that I read this fic, if not, like, exactly when it came out, probably pretty close. Move, I just, I don't, th okay, specifically for Double OQ, which I was enjoying, I don't think I really read it beyond maybe, like, two or so years. I, like, I would have to imagine from my, my best remembering of my own life that my peak <laughs> engagement with this ship was probably from, like, 2012 to 2014. And then I was being consumed by other interests and also just, like, there are other Craig, like, Craig movies that came out, but like Skyfall in itself was its own like subset of fandom. Um, so this fic, okay, I will say, God bless the summary really did a lot to help jog my memory in some regard. Um, 
where it mentions Bond discovers post-it notes. So what I remember of this fic is that it is a lot of like flirting that takes place via post-it notes and other written medium. Um, and I do think there are actual inserts in the fic of like image. Like this is what sticks out in my brain is that it was like, I don't know if it counts as media fic, but like in addition to the fic, you got like the handwritten notes, which I remembered really liking. So you get all these post-it notes. And then I think maybe other types of things, maybe just post-it notes. I can't really remember. Um, it, yeah. And so they flirt via post-it notes. And given the explicit rating and some of the other tags, I have to gather that they do sleep together. And it's probably a lot of Bond being kind of just like flirty, but otherwise reticent with his emotions because he's not good at showing them. Q being very like snarky and quippy and good at his job. Um, Listen, I don't remember this fic in specific, but I'm just going to give you what I remember of the fandom. Probably a scene in Q's like flat um, maybe he has a cat. Again, that was really popular in fandom. Um, almost definitely there's going to be some insert of like Q in the like in-ear for Bond as he's out on a mission. Um, it's not tagged for it, but I imagine maybe canon typical violence. Like I'm sure Bond goes out on a mission and it's very dangerous whether or not he gets injured and then that has to factor into like, does Q get worried for him? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I. it's probably a lot of like Bond is out in the field. Q is in his ear, guiding him through missions. Bond comes back. They flirt through post-it notes. Um, snark, sass, emotional, emotional constipation from Bond. And then they get together. Maybe they are officially dating and maybe they aren't. I don't know. I'm so sorry. I really, the only concrete thing I remember about this fic are the post-it notes and I remember no, enjoying it. Good. But um, I am intrigued to see what it'll be like when we <laughs> when i get back to this in two weeks to discuss it um yeah thank you S sorry i can't give you more on that one ficlets but um i just remember sort of that era of fandom more than i remember this fic bren do you want to tell us about your hawaii 50 fic so the fic I'm bringing um, for this episode is Curving Like the Ocean Towards You by Jism. Um, this fic is from 2011 for the 2010 uh, show Hawaii Five-0. o um, Yeah, y'all, did I watch Hawaii Five-0? Not really. I've seen a handful of episodes. Um, did I read fic for it? Yes. I think I first read this fic sometime around the time it was posted, maybe like a year or two after. And then I think I revisited it probably three or four years after that. I remember reading it probably for me, like high school and then college. I don't think I've touched it since then. So it's probably been another like four plus years since I've read this fic. Honestly, I was just like looking through Jism's works the other day because I love Jism um, and stumbled back across this and was like, oh, I want to reread that fic. And then I was like, wait, we're doing Remember September. I can just reread <laughs> it then. <laughs> um, and then also coincidentally, like in the last like week or so, the ficlets in the Discord have been talking a lot about Hawaii Five-0. Um, and I'm just sitting over here with my little fic pick already picked out like, ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> Yeah, some of them could probably tell you a lot more about Hawaii Five-0 and maybe even this fic than, like, I can right now. Um, it is a, like, cop procedural show from 2010. Um, our two main guys are Steve and Danny, a.k.a. Dano. Um, they work in Hawaii and they take on, like, high stakes cases. They're always doing, like, whack stuff. You know, it's TV. Um, people ship them also. Uh... <laughs> Steve, I think, was like, mm, 
in the military in some capacity, like maybe he was a SEAL or like some other kind of like kind of, um, I think he did like rescue stuff of some sort. And then I think Danny is from New Jersey. Maybe. Hey! <laughs> I could be be wrong about that so like don't put too much credit into it um (laughs) he's definitely like I think Steve is like from Hawaii and like Danny definitely like moves there for this job like and like at the beginning of the show I think um who who are the actors are they actors I would know I don't know anything about this show I don't know I don't really think so I can't name another thing that they were in and you have not watched a lot of tv um so I don't I think you just need to look at a picture and see if you recognize them from like Tumblr of that era. Okay. Um, like the Sentinel. <laughs> it's exactly like the Sentinel. Yeah, no, it's sure. not exactly like the Sentinel. Uh, no, I'm so I'm so sorry. Uh but yeah, and then they have like their whole like little team of people that they work with, um, who are like also on their task force. Um, so some of those people like come up in this fic and I think Danny's family plays somewhat of a role in this fic as well he's like estranged from his wife and they have like a daughter who i think is like elementary school aged and i think she's in this fic quite a bit i think this is the fic where they like redo a house i want to oh. say maybe steve's house uh-huh. but Domestic. like again i have not read this in many a year and like i also all of my knowledge of this fandom and like show is mushed together from like the handful of episodes i've watched and also like the fix i read so it's really hard for me to like parse it out at this point in my life um and it's like, like that dreary fic the the something wiltshire the, oh the i do like state, stately like, homes of wiltshire i realized that like i really you. like a piece of media or like a fic that has to do a lot with like a building like a house particularly or like some kind of like residence and especially if people have to like fix it up or like rebuild it in some way like i don't know that really works for me if you have any recs fic or otherwise let me know ficlets i'm out here i'm looking um but yeah that's basically what i've got for you can't offer any content warnings i don't know what happens in this fic there's probably some references to like canon typical violence at least maybe there's on-screen stuff if there's like a case they're working i really can't tell you um yeah, I think they probably, well, I don't know. I don't want to say like they fall in love. Maybe they're already in love and they don't realize it. Who knows? We'll find out soon. And then you'll hear about it in just a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the interim, Nick, what's yours? Hey, Ficklets. I am bringing the fic Maelstrom by Liminal Weirdo for BuzzFeed Unsolved, RPF, the web series, Ryan slash Shane. I bookmarked this fic in May of 2018. It was a chaptered fic that was a work in progress that finished posting in January of that year, so I read it pretty soon after it completed. I loved this fic so much. The first and second, and maybe third, I read it at least twice times I read it. I I love a breakup fic. I cannot help it. The thing is, I was thinking about this, I cannot remember if it's breakup makeup or if they just break up. (laughs) I think they get back together. I'm like fairly confident, but most of the fic is them breaking up. Um, And the tags don't give anything about the ending away. I peeked. It didn't help me. (laughs) So we're going to find out together. This is a canon verse fic um, set around 2018. Um, This is what I remember of it. I remember the beginning decently and then some random scenes that I'm not sure are like Mandela effect and or me just making things up in my head, but I think maybe we're real. It opens with Ryan and Shane 
loosely dating. Like, they are dating, it's not super serious, they haven't been dating for very long. This fic technically is a sequel to a different fic, but it's not in a series, and you can read it as a standalone, so I have not bothered even looking for the first fic. I think I did read it at some point, but I'm pretty sure the first time I read Maelstrom was without even knowing that the first one was a prequel, so don't worry about it. Um... Okay, so they are dating, and then Shane has to leave California. I can't remember if it was like a family issue or like a job offer, but he leaves and he goes somewhere else. Is this the one where he goes to New York? Not to jump in. I have also maybe. read Maelstrom, but it yeah, blends maybe. There's together a lot of fix. Whole lot of other <laughs> so the issue, yeah, there's a lot of BuzzFeed Unsolved fix where one of them goes to the New York office. I cannot remember if this is one of them. He definitely leaves. I couldn't remember if it was New York or London. Mm. <laughs> Those are really different locations, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. So one of those. Um, So he's gone. And then I believe they break up either while he's gone or as he's about to come back. Something like that. Something, something, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then the holidays. And then Shane is in Illinois, where his family lives, where he's from. Okay, this is where it gets fuzzy. Ryan does drive to Illinois and drive Shane back to California. I cannot remember how this happens. Like, do they discuss it? Does Ryan just show up? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> Was Shane not going to go back to California anyway? He is still technically, like, employed and needs to come back to do BuzzFeed Unsolved? I'm not sure. But Ryan ends up in Illinois briefly. I remember there is definitely a scene where he's, like, outside talking to Shane's brother, like, by a grill or something, and Shane is inside, like, talking about him. One of those, like, hey man, he's never been happier than when he was with you. I'm not, like, maybe. <laughs> maybe my brain is filling that in. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. They definitely yell at each other a decent amount in the car on the way back. I can't remember if they yell before that as well. There probably <laughs> is some bed sharing happening. <laughs> but maybe not. And I feel, okay, I feel fairly confident, especially because they do like go to the Midwest, that there is like a big storm. Am I transposing that from the title Maelstrom? Or is that a factual thing that happens in the fic? Or both? Can't remember. There's yelling, maybe they get back together at the end. The thing I remember most about this fic is that I cried so much reading it the first time. I was like sitting, just like tears running down my face in my emotions. I was very much in my like BFU era at this point. I wrote a couple of fics. Thank you, Reed, for baiting one of them, even though you did not know who these people were. <laughs> so it's like very early on in our friendship. <laughs> um, but I had a lot of feelings about it. I believe I cried the second time I read it too. So we'll see if it gets me again this time. I'm nervous about it holding up, but I'm hopeful because I liked it so much. And I do believe that 2018 me had some discernment and taste. So we're going to cross our fingers. It's one of the only BFE fix that survived me cleaning out my bookmarks a little while ago. So I'm looking forward to getting back to it. And Nick of two minutes from now is going to know a lot more <laughs> than I do right now. Maybe we should have titled this, like, Can't Remember September. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Forgetful February. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. Put it off. I'm really excited to read all of these, to be honest. They're all fandoms I'm familiar with. And, like, oh, Brenna, her skill. That's a, that's a fun, fun I moment can't for Bren. At all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't remember anything about anything, so. We'll see. All right, Ficklets, well, we're, we're going to leave you here once again. You're going to read the fix. Yeah, you're going to hear transition <laughs> music, and then it'll. It'll just be there. The magic of editing. We'll just have read the fix and we're ready to discuss. Um, And as real people, yeah, my co-hosts, catch you in two weeks for these discussions. I wonder how well we did. Probably good. Let's go. I think perfect. Perfect. 
My fic for this episode is Maelstrom by Liminal Weirdo. It's about 40,000 words. It is Shane slash Ryan in the fandom BuzzFeed Unsolved RPF. And it is an angst palooza. And I read it years ago, twice, maybe three times. And then I didn't read it for like several years. So I was really excited to get back to it. As you just heard in the intro, I already gave a summary of it. So I'm not sure that I like I killed it. So I don't know that I need to do <laughs> another one. I'm just kidding. Um, I missed some stuff. Also, there's okay, there's no big storm really in this fic. Like it does rain and it does get a little stormy. But I really remembered them like outside yelling in a storm. Like, I love you. I love No, that did not happen. <laughs> so just to temper your expectations um this fic is technically a sequel to another fic but they're not listed as like linked in a series on ao3 so i decided who cares and just brought this one i think it's fine as a standalone i also don't think you need that much canon knowledge really to be able to understand what's happening and like connect i think at least somewhat with the characters it is a canon verse fic where uh, after getting into essentially a situation ship shane ends up taking some time to go to the new york office not london i don't know why i was like I kept doubting myself about New York and I was like maybe it's London it was New York um goes there for six months then goes home to stay with family um as a note uh and I'll just do this as the content warning for the fic as well um Shane's mental health definitely is wobbly in this story and there are a lot of allusions and references to and descriptions of depressive symptoms so just FYI I would say it's fairly central to the fic um but it's not like gratuitous or overmuch, and it's not the center of the entire story so just as a note the bulk of this fic is Shane staying with his family, communicating poorly with Ryan, who is not communicating super great back either. They're doing their best. Uh, and then Ryan embarks on a road trip to basically go bring Shane back to LA. And along that road trip, and it is time staying at Shane's family's house, they have a lot of conversations and basically figure out their relationship, have some needed fights. Um, it is dramatic. It is feelingsy, and I was really excited to get back to it because this is one of those fics where I remembered like the title, I remembered bits of the summary, I remembered a couple of sort of key moments, and I think it's hard when you read as obscene an amount of fan fiction as I do for things to stick like that. I have a decent memory, but also, yeah, like thinking, oh, Maelstrom and feeling an emotional reaction in my body when I remembered it made me really want to bring this fic. And I was glad I did because I thought it held up. So I'm excited to talk more about it um, and also about how the experience was of like bringing it for this episode in particular. But before I get more into it, I would love to hear what my co-hosts thought, some of whom had read this and some of whom had not. I don't know, some, there's only two of you. You know what I mean. Ah, <laughs> uh, the many mysterious co-hosts of the click. Wow. Yeah, I actually just edit them out of every single episode, but they do record with they us. suck. <laughs> yeah, so I am the some of the co-hosts uh, who have read this fic before. Um, I read it back at the same time I think Nick originally read it, or like very in very close proximity to that, because um, I remember us like discussing it and like losing our minds <laughs> yeah. over it <laughs> way back when. Um, yeah, this honestly really held up for me. I love this fic, um, and I really enjoyed revisiting it. I was hopeful that I would, but I don't know, sometimes fics that are very dependent on the emotions of a character like once you've read that emotional arc it doesn't always hit the same on, on a reread I mean sometimes it hits better on a reread but like I don't know in my experience that's something that can be a little bit more volatile for my rereading experience than a fic that like I'm just loving like the plot or whatever um 
but yeah, I really liked it still. I still really like these two as characters. Um, like I'm still very invested in the like BFU fic world. I don't actively read for it, but I'm like never gonna say no to reading a fic yeah. for it. Um, they're they're so much a modern fun. Classic, uh, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like this. I. I think, like, it does a good job of balancing the angst for me. It's, like, very present, but I don't feel just, like, completely weighed down by it. I also think it's a great example of a fic where, like, miscommunication is very central to it, but I actually like reading it. <laughs> I think all three of us here have gripes about how, like, miscommunication is often handled or, like, what some people seem to even mean when they, like, talk about miscommunication being like a tag or a trope on a fic um so this one i think actually executes miscommunication in a very realistic way where you are somewhat frustrated by both the characters but you also completely understand like kind of what's holding them back from being able to communicate better um and it doesn't just feel like kind of negligence or um an uncaring attitude on like one of their parts which i feel like it so often can for me or just like ridiculousness like <laughs> mm -hmm. why aren't you like how did you expect the other person to be able to read your mind kind of stuff um that always like gets under my skin so this really didn't have that I don't think um at least for me and I really appreciate about that so I'm excited to get, like get into more of the specifics but I had a really good time rereading this fic um it really came back to me as I was reading it a lot like I kind of started to be like oh right and then next this will happen the next this will happen um even though obviously when we <laughs> talked about it at the beginning I was like I don't know <laughs> maybe she's in New York <laughs> um yeah so I had a very good time hello it's me the some of the co-hosts who hadn't read this fic before um we've done a couple of BFU fics on the pod so apologies if I have told this story, but um, I really find joy in my personal arc with BFU where the first time I really ever encountered it and fix specifically was me betaing for Nick, where um, I read a description they'd written of Shane having pool noodle limbs. And I went, hold, what does this man look like? And I stopped betaing to go look up photos of them because like that was the level of like I had no knowledge. I didn't know anything. Um, and now I've wrapped around to Brenna and I having a very specific fic concept for Shane and Ryan that neither of us are ever going to write, but it does just sort of live in my brain. And I think about it from time to time. It's a really good concept, but oh, well, <laughs> it's also a very us concept, <laughs> by which I mean, it is pretty whack, um, yeah. but also fundamentally true and good. Yeah. I'll just leave the ficlets guessing about what it is. Maybe we've already talked about it on the pod. I can't remember. I, I remember nothing. Anyway, yeah, so as someone who has never really been in the fandom, has only watched a handful of videos for these two, and definitely didn't read this fic before, I also enjoyed it. As Nick was kind of alluding to with the content warnings, um, depressive symptoms and just like depression are very much present in this fic. I don't think it's ever named as such, but I definitely don't think it's a stretch to be like, Shane is struggling with depression, or at the very least, some very present depressive symptoms. Um, and I found the portrayal of it really real and realistic. Um, and kind of, I think, to what both of my co-hosts were saying, I think it definitely, especially for the length of the fic, I think it could have been a thing where it just felt gratuitous or like it was bogging me down and like everything was so miserable and tough always, but that is not the feeling I had at all. Um, and I think in part that was because of, yeah, again, just like sort of the realism with how it was portrayed and also because um, this fic 
it's split up into 11 chapters. And then within those chapters, it shifts POVs quite often um, between Shane and Ryan. And I think that just sort of helped the fic read quickly. Like, I think it helped with the flow of it and, and helped things sort of move along, even as we might have been stuck in one place mentally or physically or whatever. Um, I also just found parts of Shane's whole deal personally relatable about feelings of struggling to find a place that feels like home and what on earth to do with LA when you move there and that's not where you're from and trying to make it a city that feels like not actively hostile. Um, I don't know how much I may or may not get into that, but that definitely rang true for me. Um, and yeah, I just really appreciated the unfolding of their relationship and the way that they they definitely kept missing each other in some ways or butting heads, but still were actively trying so hard to continue trying to meet in the middle and find one another. And I really appreciated that. And I feel like it made their coming together feel worthwhile and earned. And also like it wasn't all wrapped up prettily. And that I really appreciated as well. Yeah. I have two things to say. The first is read handshake emoji, Maelstrom Shane handshake emoji. Let the light in, Jungkook. <laughs> um, mm. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> you were just reminding me of that discussion. Um, Reed's birthday episode last year. Just a quick plug. Um, I think the title is Let's Get You Some Found Family, son. <laughs> yeah, that, sounds that, right. <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds right. Anyway, that was the first thing. Um, the second thing, which is kind of opening a pretty big topic here, but we've we've all touched on it, um, is I just like one of my favorite things about this fic is the way that it explores communication, um, because I think it's really easy for a story and like for us as people too sometimes, depending on our cultural context, to say that the only good way to communicate with someone is to be very direct in your words, and that's it. And that's how you know that someone cares about you, and that's how you know that someone loves you, and that's how you know what they want from you. And in many situations, uh, like like Brenna alluded, in a miscommunication trope, yeah, you kind of want them to just sit down and have a goddamn conversation. Uh, because that thing that you overheard when the other person was sleep talking in the middle of the night probably isn't indicative of their, like, feelings towards you in a way that they would want you to know anyway that's its own whole conversation um but one connection i was making as i was thinking about what this fic has to say about communication and the source material of buzzfeed unsolved and just kind of the general world there is this idea of belief uh, because that's such an easy pull for bfu fic like obviously the whole show is about like are ghosts real haha <laughs> shane does his little head shake and ryan is like they probably are and they go back and forth whatever skeptic believer it's it's a really huge central theme in so many stories in this fandom and this fic does not really literalize it right we're not looking at actual ghosts uh we're not thinking about uh how belief in something might or might not change the fabric of the world that they're in like the Tulpa fic, for example, where like, yeah, the fact that you believe it uh, is actually quite frightening. Um, that was from Halloween a couple years ago. Um, but in this fic, belief still plays a really big part. I actually pulled a quote um, because it really stuck with me about that, um, which is, so they're having a conversation. Ryan is basically trying to convince Shane that things will be fine if he comes back, that they can still like be a them, that Shane is good enough that he won't mess things up. Like there's a lot going on in both of their heads. Um, and as they're having this conversation, the narration from Ryan's POV reads, the thing is though, is that Ryan's tried to convince Shane of enough things, ghosts, UFOs, energy, that he can see it's not enough evidence for him right now. And my note next to it was, ah, with a lot of H's, uh, because I was just having a lot of feelings. And I really liked this exploration of 
you can say something directly to someone and there are also intangibles or maybe actions um, or completely other things that are going to be a part of this conversation that are going to impact the way that what you're saying is received. So I just really thought it was clever. I thought it was smart and it felt like a very emotionally mature fic in that way to start exploring the different ways that we say things to each other. I think along with like the central theme of like belief in this fic, there's also just this kind of overarching theme of like, just keep going. Like, it's okay if it's not perfect. It's okay if it's messy. Like, but that step forward is like a really important one. And I think also like, this fic never says to Shane, like, Shane, you were so wrong for going to New York. Or like, (laughs) Shane, you were so wrong for going to Illinois after that. Like, it doesn't like berate him for these decisions that like, you know, even as you're reading it, you're kind of like, okay, why are you doing this again? Because it's obviously made clear to us that, like, part of the reason he's doing it is because he feels like he needs to run away from, like, whatever it is with Ryan that's, like, (laughs) unsolved. Um, (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Sorry, it's what I was gonna say. it's good. It's good. I liked it. Um, But, like, as much as Shane is kind of, like, all twisted up and knots about it, like, the fic really isn't that much I think it's kind of just like okay and like let's make some more forward progress and I think that's really all that Ryan ever asks of Shane too is like can you just take this step forward with me um and like it doesn't have to be like a huge step either like I mean they do come around to kind of you know figuring out like do we want to call it being together like how do we want to kind of define this how do we want to move forward but the like I think like the first steps Ryan is asking for is literally just like can we just hang out? Like, can we just still, like, spend this time together? Like, you know? Um, I don't know. I just really like that because I think, like, the demands this fic makes of its characters, I think, is it does it in a very loving way to, like, Shane, who's having a very hard time. I don't know. We've talked a lot recently in recent episodes, I feel like, about, like, you take a character and they're your Blorpho <laughs> and you give them a terrible time because yeah. they're your Blorpho. <laughs> and, like, this fic does give Shane, like, a pretty bad time, but I feel like it does it with such care, too, um, and, like, in such a loving manner, and, like, isn't hard on him for, like, the things he's dealing with that, like, I don't know, that part just, like, makes me emotional. It also makes me think of this, like, okay, this is, like, very, I don't, I don't have the context for this. I'm so sorry. Maybe one of my co-hosts will know what I'm talking about and be able to, like, fill in more. But there's a poem that I've been seeing going around on Tumblr, and then also, like, some people I follow, like, use it as a tag sometimes, or to, like, I don't know, reference things. But I think that the final line of this poem is, like, oh, Lana, please get up. We love you. Do you think you I've know what I'm talking about? I've never heard of this about? in my entire life. Okay. <laughs> no. I was expecting afterwards. to, actually, because I yeah. feel like I am a poetry person, but that is nothing. Well, yeah, it's poetry on Tumblr. I was like, Nick's got this. <laughs> not so. Um, I don't know. It might just be, like, a couple specific people I'm following right now, but, like, this was very much like, oh, Shane, get up. We love you. <laughs> but it was, like, coming from, like, the fic author, too, you know, as well as, like, these people in Shane's life. And, like, I don't know. I just really like that. Um, it made me feel, feel like, soft towards this fic again. I feel like the first time I felt, like, very emotionally devastated by this fic, and this time I kind of felt, like, a little bit more, like, comforted by it. I don't know. Maybe that's also just because, like, I relate to Shane more than, <laughs> I, than I used to. <laughs> Let's not get into that too far, but... <laughs> I mean, I think there's something to be said for, like, growing up around the shape of, I don't know, emotional turmoil in general like, in the world and, like, reading stories and stuff, because I also felt much softer and less devastated um, 
this time around. And to me, it kind of felt like I have a clear understanding of the different ways that like communicating within relationship works with people that are important to me. That felt like the biggest difference for me, at least. Mm. Um, I did just do a quick Google. The poem is Lana Turner Has Collapsed by Frank O'Hara. Oh, no. oh Frank O'Hara. OK, we do love Frank O'Hara. But going back to what Bren was saying about um, this fic asking Shane to just sort of like take a step forward um, in a slightly different way. uh, But I think going back to a little bit of what we were saying about like the way that like depression and stuff is portrayed in this fic, um, something I found really interesting and I don't know, nice maybe about this fic is like Shane doesn't always know what that next step forward is not even always in the context of like what he's doing with Ryan, but you know, his time in New York is coming up and he's really uncertain. And so he decides to go back to his family, but he's not really sure. And he doesn't really know about LA. And I don't know. I I think in talking about this fic, being kind to Shane and and giving him the space to sort of figure things out and be a little bit messy for lack of a better word. I liked that he was allowed to not know And that he was allowed to just sort of try to figure things out as he was going and to get somewhere and realize, like, it both was and wasn't what he needed. That he doesn't regret spending time back with his family in Illinois, but also as he's there, like, not really finding what he needs and then kind of struggling with, okay, well, if this isn't it, then then what is the next step forward? Um, And Ryan sort of being there to be like, maybe I can help you find it. I think it was nice to let Shane sort of like not have his shit together and not judge him for it. Yeah, I think what both of you are saying makes so much sense of like the non-judgmental tone of this story because this could so easily have been like a Shane is emotionally constipated and won't talk about his feelings and sweet perfect Ryan is trying so hard and is like dragging him along and then they eventually end up together but then I end the fic kind of mad because clearly this isn't going to be healthy if this is the dynamic that's going on the entire time and also like what is what are you doing Shane like it really went into depth explaining what is going on in each of their heads and why and like Ryan is not doing a perfect job here either Um, but it felt so human to present these circumstances without this intense cast of what is morally right or morally wrong this is just what's happening bro Uh, the author doesn't say it exactly like that but it's the (laughs) energy that I got from it Um, and also the attention that is spent on little moments that are important but that might not have been like lingered on in another story for example like the times that Shane is thinking about how monumental it is for him to like reach out and touch Ryan in a certain way and then he does it or he does it in a way that's slightly less scary to him but he's still trying Uh, that all felt like it went a really long way towards not only developing this continued understanding of Shane's motivations and inner thoughts but also showing how this communication could improve and how they like have a path forward like we get to see this visible care about each other that left me feeling not anxious about their future at the ending in a way that I think I sometimes do feel in stories that focus on like it's not exactly breakup makeup because they're not fully together at the beginning but there is a deterioration of the relationship um so I love that trope and also sometimes I'm like they should not have gotten back together (laughs) so I'm glad I was just so glad yeah that in this case I felt good about where they left things yeah absolutely and like what you were saying about how the fic doesn't treat it as like, oh, perfect Ryan. I think it like literalizes that in a way that I really enjoyed. Like 
I feel like the scene where they finally kind of have a little bit more of something almost like a fight about it. Well, I don't know. I guess there's a few scenes you could describe that way. But like when they're in the hotel room and like Shane's kind of having like a breakdown because he's like, I'm like, you're always gonna have to take care of me. And like, I'm too much work and like, blah, blah, blah. And like, basically being like, I'm the one who's terrible at communicating. And like, Ryan, you're like, you're, you're not the problem here, blah, blah, blah. And Ryan's like, what the hell, dude? Like, <laughs> I'm certainly not perfect. Um, Look at all of these ways that I've contributed to this mess. And I really just like appreciated that both from like a wow, look at a character reflecting on themselves. Incredible how sometimes we can do that. (laughs) But also just like how the fic was like, yeah, Shane's the one who's been struggling more in this, but he's not necessarily like, it's not necessarily like his fault about these things. And like, it's not necessarily that he should be like, you know, blaming himself for the fact that he has been struggling. Like, it's okay to just like, it's okay to like let yourself get help from like your friends and the people who care about you too and like those people just because they do help you and care about you also doesn't make them perfect in com- contrast to like what you view as your own imperfections in this moment. I think along those lines too. One thing that I really appreciated that we got a decent amount of in Ryan's POV was you know, we see Ryan being maybe the more direct communicator, but he's reflecting about all of the risks and sort of first steps, so to speak, that Shane has taken in their relationship that he just sort of took for granted that like when they were both in L.A., Shane was sort of, yeah, I don't know, being the brave one in sort of maybe initiating things like moving things from just being coworkers to acting on this like feelings that they were having. And even if that is like more in the physical and less in verbally speaking about what's going on, Ryan is thinking about like, I've let Shane make the first move. I've let Shane take over and do all of these things. And I've just sort of followed along because it's what I wanted. But I wasn't brave enough to really take that next step further or to, like, speak out loud what we were doing. And so this fic, I think, also is a little bit of him being like, okay, Shane has reached out in all of these ways. And now he's struggling. So here's how I'm going to reach out back. Like, I want this relationship to be something. I want it to continue. And so here's me putting in the effort to, like, meet in the middle. Um which I, I also think, like, I really liked and I think kind of goes back to what you both were saying. Right. And, like, as much as they have their issues and they are defining it as not serious, like, you don't drive across the country after six months for someone that you're like, oh, yeah, he's cool and hot or whatever, but that's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> there is this really deep emotional connection on multiple levels. Um And some of it, too, I think is like trusting each other with like the work of the show that they were putting on. I was reflecting on that, too. It is this really like important and meaningful thing for both of them. And they I don't know, like there's I was thinking about this recently when I read A Sentimental Education by Hannah McGregor, which talks about podcasting and mentions the book like Big Friendship about podcasters who made this whole show about their friendship. Uh, the podcast is, I think, Call Your Girlfriend or something. And they they wrote a book about how they were fighting during some of it, but they were selling their friendship. Anyway, I was thinking about that for no particular reason at all. It doesn't apply to mm-hmm. my life at all. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but it's really right. interesting, like the added dimension of relationship that comes with creating something together and like having standards for that creation. And for them, especially like it's their livelihood. Uh, anyway, lots of overlapping crisscrossy thoughts there, but I think it's really interesting. Nick, is this where you want to um, air our beef that's been going on for like over a year now? I don't know, Reed. Do you want me to? Oh, that was good. <laughs> 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 oh, well, I heard myself. And I was like, ooh, maybe we are fighting. 
<laughs> I was trying to think of anything that we'd be fighting about and realized I did text you like two days ago that I was going to throttle you. Yeah, I but... take that as a compliment, though. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, you you responded to it with like heart emoji, yeah. so I think it was fine. <laughs> You've had plenty of opportunity. At this point, I know the threats are empty. I did smack you with a pillow recently, like a couple of times. Yeah, but I got you back. Yeah. Oh, I guess we're not fighting. Brenna, do you, do you want to be fighting? <laughs> Do you no. want to be okay? Is that how fights usually start? <laughs> I think so. You trying to throw down with me? God, I'm so sorry. This is like, oh, I'm gonna misquote it, but it's that like meme that's like many Venn diagrams, and it's like I don't know. One of them is like, mm. do you want to go outside? And it's like starting a fight, talking to your dog. Yeah. <sighs> I also felt like this fic like had such a nice sense of place for me, even though it doesn't do like necessarily a ton of work in that regard like it's not giving us these like big lush descriptions of like the places that they're in but I feel like there's just a lot of little details that like help me really build it up and like I think I've talked about this before like just being a pretty like visual reader like things kind of get built out of my brain as I read but like the more original fiction I read the more I realize that like it doesn't always work in my brain. And if you're not giving me enough to, like, build with, I'm not going to have anything up there. And I think I feel like I, I experience this a little bit less because I already have something usually to work with. Like, I don't know, maybe because I don't read a lot of fic about books, but like usually I have, like, a TV show or a movie or, like, just people that I know what they look like to, like, build this around. But, you know, in a fic like this, it's like, okay, I know what Ryan and Shane look like, but it's giving us descriptions of, like, Shane's New York apartment, the van Ryan borrows, Shane's family home. Like, those aren't places that I have any knowledge of, so I'm just, like, conjuring them up. And I felt like I was able to really feel like I was in those places with the people in this fic in a way that I really enjoyed, Um, which I think also just, like, helped give it this feeling of, like, being grounded to me, especially as Shane is kind of struggling with feeling like he belongs somewhere or, like, what do places feel like to him, um, to then kind of have that sense of place as a reader. Like, I think that all just meshed really well for me. Even though I misremembered some of the setting and thought they were screaming in the rain, like, in the notebook. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, yeah, I think the last note I wanted to make is just that there are a lot of parts of this fic, even though it is a lot about, like, fighting and missing each other and making mistakes, a lot of it is quite romantic. So I did want to read one line um, that's actually earlier on that I pulled and put in my little notes and then said, ah, this one time in all caps. Um, okay, here we go. This is when Ryan is just arriving to Shane's parents' house in Illinois. He, like, gets there in the middle of the night because he was going to keep driving the next morning. But then he was like, I'm only three hours away. And then he just keeps going. Uh, so the fic reads uh, from, from Shane's POV. He gathers Ryan's hands up in both of his and brings them to his own mouth, breathing warmth into his fingers. And Ryan's looking at him in this way, wanting and startled and the laughter not quite faded from his eyes. And Shane knows he will never fucking forget it, not for the rest of his life. And it's so good, and I had so many feelings, and it really went a long way after like the the very dreary first quarter of this fic where they are not doing well. Um, like alongside the both of them, I felt myself light back up in their relationship at that moment. So very effective. Thank you, Liminal Weirdo. Uh, I love this fic so much. It was so nice to come back to it and realize that it's still banged. Uh, so I appreciate that. Um, the author and also my own memory, thank you for not uh, making me <laughs> look like a fool. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Um, so yeah, thanks, co-hosts. And that's it. From Maelstrom to a male spy. Read.
I, like, I, I guess. That's pretty good. So my fic for Remember September is By No Ordinary Means of Communication by Laughter Shock. It is for James Bond, but specifically the Skyfall 2012 movie fandom. The pairing is James Bond Q. Um, I'm going to be honest. My memory is pretty bad. And so and we recorded the intro for Remember September like two weeks ago. So what exactly you did I pitch the for fic this fic? and the intro. <laughs> well, I, I forgot sort of what I may or may not have pitched for it. I do remember I just gave some hallmarks of like Bond Q fix of the era. And honestly, I'm pretty sure I hit a bunch of them. Um, like, yes, I was right. Q is on comms, like walking Bond through a mission. Um they're, they are in Q's flat. He doesn't have a cat, though. Um, honestly, this fic, I, I feel like, is kind of, like, it's pretty short. It's uh, just under 8K, and it is mostly about Bond and Q flirting via various forms of media, largely in the form of post-it notes on Q's desk um, and his whiteboard, but there are, there are other ways, other little media bits that we get in there. Um, but it's not, like... I couldn't really have misremembered a plot because the plot just sort of is them flirting and getting together mostly. Um, so I, I, you know what? I'm pretty sure I did a pretty good job pitching it in the intro. <laughs> um, I had so much fun returning to this. Um, I, I do remember not being sure if there were more than just post-it notes and was delighted to find out that the answer was yes. I liked the way that multimedia was done in this fic so, so much. Um, it is as far as I can tell, like, scanned in pictures of, like, handwritten post-it notes and letters and um, little, like, poetry magnets for a whiteboard, and then you get some, like, transcripts of comms when they're out in the field. Uh, it was so, so fun and definitely felt sort of, like, of the era more so than I think maybe some of the more recent multimedia fics we've talked about. Recent as in on the paw, but also recent as in more recently written, um, because this was written in, I believe, 2013. Yeah, overall, I really had fun with this fic. Um, as I said, I didn't, I didn't remember maybe the specifics of it that much, but I was really delighted to sort of watch them unfold. Um, I distinctly remember seeing the movie in theaters, going, "This movie slaps!" Uh, it absolutely <laughs> is sort of what like catapulted my interest in James Bond movies in general. Like, I came back from that movie, and then my dad and I watched a bunch of like older Bond movies from various actors and stuff, and. Um, I really got into sort of the Craig era, but this is what this is what got me in. And Double O Q as a ship, boy, it it similar to Arthur Eames is like fandom was like two white men, two decently attractive white men. Let's just put them together, even though they like barely banter. Um, there is I so I can so distinctly remember, and maybe I'll be able to find it. There was a Tumblr post because it's it's a scene from the movie where Q and Bond are at I don't know a museum. And they're sitting on a bench together. It's the first time they meet and basically the first time Bond finds out who the new quartermaster is. And they're looking at a painting and Q goes, what do you see? And Bond goes, a big bloody ship. And then the Tumblr post was an edit where it's a gif that flashes through like it was like Merther and John Locke and Steve Tony or Steve Bucky <laughs> oh, or both my. or whatever it is. Like, talk about all <laughs> the era. Totally like, die it was on this so... show, oh, my God. Yeah. Again, just just really of a moment i can see it so clearly in my brain i hope i can find it again um but yes just 
maybe similar to Nick, like, I'm glad my brain didn't let me down with this one. I had a lot of fun returning to it. And before I ask my co-hosts for their thoughts, the only content warning I'll really give is sort of mentions of canon typical violence. Um, we are in Q's POV the whole time. And so you do get Q, like, thinking about and, like, reflecting on, like, Bond's missions and walking him through some missions. And so some of the, like, inherent violence and danger that comes with that. But none of it is super present on screen. So, yeah, just sort of, like, canon typical what you would expect for a James Bond movie. Um, and while I turn it over to my co-host to tell me their thoughts, I'm going to go see if I can find this Tumblr post. Oh, yeah, please. Um, I feel fear. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm it. excited. <laughs> yeah, take me back. Um, no, I... I enjoyed this pick a lot. I was never a Bond head, really. The only James Bond why? movie. <laughs> okay, why? Oh, what? Your no, recent... I love it. <laughs> Your recent trend of like insisting called? on sort of just making up whatever you think like a fandom name or a ship name is. But it's like not even that. It's fans of that fandom or of that <laughs> ship. Yeah. Like being Jarchist. <laughs> well, yeah, I am Jarchist, but I'm not right, a Bond head. Sorry, can I can I cut you off real quick? Yeah, yeah. Did you find it? <laughs> I sure did. Oh boy. Oh no. It's so much worse than I imagined. Oh no. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay, sorry. Do Let me like just put it in the house. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy. <gasps> sorry, that was just my sign before I even opened it. <laughs> I'm feeling some fear. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, the steric as well, yeah. I know. There's steric and there's one other thing. Oh, I think it's a Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. I was trying to figure was, out like, who the... Okay, I see. Yeah, we've got um, Merther, Steve Tony, John Locke, uh, Destiel, mm -hmm. Steric, mm -hmm. and Bren, you're going to have to help Rose me out on one for the Doctor Who. Oh, thank you. Did I do there it? There we go. I'm not sure that was correct. <laughs> Ficklets, in, uh, much like the intro, in what I hope is no time at all for you and where the audio sounds the same, um, I do actually have to inform you <laughs> that me, me sending that Tumblr link literally crashed Brenna's computer, so we are picking up the recording again. Sorry about that one. Many minutes later. <sighs> uh, everything is going wonderfully. My technology all really works. Bren, did you get to view the GIF, though, or no? Oh yeah, I got to view it. It just first it broke my computer trying to load, and then and then I got to see it. Um, well, now that you both have seen that work of art, sorry, Nick, I definitely cut you off in talking about um your thoughts about the fic. You had just started before I. Oh, oh right. Gosh, that was rude. I no, it's forgotten. fine. I think it was worth it for um, you both yeah. seeing that. Was it? Mm. It broke my computer and we all had to start new <laughs> like, audio files. <laughs> like I was saying, me, I'm not really not a Bond head. <laughs> the only James Bond movie I've seen in its entirety is No Time to Die, which was really bad. Oh. Uh, so that's a lot of my context here. I do my best. Uh, I saw part of Casino Casino Royale. Yeah, that oh, one's that a is good the one. name. I was like, that can't possibly be the name. It no, is. it is. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw part of it, um, but I didn't watch the whole thing. So you know, I'm just sailing through. But much like Arthur slash Eames, uh, fandom has done the heavy lifting here. I didn't feel like I needed almost any canon knowledge, to be honest, because this fic, like many fics like it, I have to imagine, is built around a scaffolding of fan endeavors, hard work, fanish tropes, and sort of the the root of a bantering ship, 
as you would see in many fandoms. So I appreciated that. It made it easy for me to read. If you don't know much about James Bond, you could read it too, Ficklets, and you'd probably enjoy it. Um, I was so charmed by the little handwritten post-it notes and such. It was so cute. I did feel like, um, maybe because this was posted in 2013, I was like, this feels like a fic I should have been reading on LiveJournal. And mm. I don't know why exactly. Maybe the formatting, maybe the like number of images, maybe just the vibe of the writing and like the era. I was like, dang, I, I should be on LJ. Not that I like had a LiveJournal account either. I just read a bunch of fic on it when people would post it without it being like friend locked or whatever. Um, so I enjoyed that a lot. A nice little blast from a past that I did not live. And uh oh what else the ending was kind of wild so i'm excited to <laughs> discuss that probably not at length later <laughs> thank you yeah i was curious to see if i had previously read this fic or not because i did read some double oq fic as people call it um i had not read this one i don't think in some ways i have this like timeline in my memory of like my like the events of my life and then over here is a timeline of like fandom that I've been in and like there are points at which I can bookmark like where those two intersect and like I can connect them but at other times they are just floating independently of each other and like I lose track of like when certain fandoms actually happened and like how they intersect with my life anyway um that's a tangent <laughs> um yeah, I thought this was really fun. Like my co-host, I really enjoyed the sort of multimedia aspect of it. Um, I think the sort of like how analog that multimedia was, like the little written sticky notes, the fact that like the author seems to have like scanned them in. It's not like, oh, they use some like site to generate fake text messages or like fake tweets or something, you know, um, which I feel like is much more what you see like in fix being posted now honestly it made this fic feel like of a certain era to me but like of an even earlier era than when it was actually posted um like it really reminded me of fics that i read right when i was getting into fandom which was like prior to 20 2012 2013 um and like some of those fics that i was reading then were like posted prior to when i got into fandom too like it reminded me of like shoebox and things you know so i don't know it definitely felt like of of an even kind of like more retro not retro like an even more like nostalgic fandom moment for me um I definitely got what Nick meant about like feeling like maybe you should have been reading it on LJ um yeah I had a good time with it I do I think <laughs> this is just a reflection as we do remember September on my own fandom tastes having changed I think like I struggle even more now than I did at the time like the this came out or like at the time of like inception fandom or anything like with these ships that were kind of entirely made up by fandom <laughs> um it's never been my favorite thing anyways i like having some canon stuff to work off of um like obviously i do because you know i love like canon compliant and canon divergent fix so we know i love like canon being central to these things um so yeah, I don't know. I was just really reflecting on that. And I, I have some thoughts about it to share later um, about like the stick, but also just kind of like the general fandom propensity towards creating these ships in the first place. Um, so yeah, I don't know. A lot of that was just like rolling around in my head as I was revisiting the Skyfall 00Q era. Yeah, I guess briefly, I maybe should have said in the intro, um, 
I am going to assume that anyone listening has at least slight knowledge of what James Bond is, but um, if you <laughs> were not in the fandom and you did not watch the movies, Nick did ask um, if Q has a name. No. Um, so Q is the sort of young, plucky head of the like Q branch, which does like they make all of the fun techie weapons and yeah, he's the, he's the quartermaster. I did not know that. <laughs> Yeah, he the Q branch like they they make the weapons and they monitor the double O agents when they go out on their missions and they give them information and he Q in particular does the hacking stuff and you know that whole thing and he's like a handler of sorts of a spy like the guy at the computer. He is the guy at the computer definitively. Um and oh, yeah. sometimes the guy at the computer in the field. But yeah, um in the structure of the way that MI6 works he just his name is Q because he's head of Q branch and you never really get um I okay we were debating this Ficklets who might have seen No Time to Die I don't know if we got Q's actual name in that movie in the most recent James Bond movie to have come out but um certainly at the time of Skyfall we only knew him as Q and so in most fics he just thinks of and refers to himself as Q sometimes people make up for a name it's for him sad eh I I honestly prefer in fix like, or I preferred when he just went by Q. I always found it a little bit strange when people made up a name for him. I was like, who is that man? Um, but Greg. Anyway. <laughs> Greg. <laughs> and James Bond. I feel like I read yeah, one yeah. where his name was like Adrian or something. That's like, probably maybe. better than Greg. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did. It always had this feeling of like, I don't know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so just some context if you are not in the fandom and you do decide to pick this up. A little, little bit more, I guess, context for their relationship or their pairing. Should just be like Quinn or something, right? Oh, you know what? I think maybe he did get like some Q, some Q names. Yeah. I don't There's know. There's not that many to choose from. <laughs> well, anyway, speaking <laughs> of their relationship, um, something I thought was interesting is that the relationship like really largely develops through these media bits that we get. Um, like they start flirting via post-it notes and via all of these other things. Um, and you don't see Bond on screen for, I don't know, until maybe like halfway through the fic, maybe not that long. But like, I do distinctly remember uh, the first time we get something that looks like dialogue is a transcript of communication between Q and Bond while they're out on a mission, um, which I did really like. I think because it is Q's POV, and at first you're just getting these sort of back and forths. I liked having the transcripts to give us Bond a little bit more present on screen, so to speak, um, and did sort of show us a little bit more of, like, what their relationship looks like. Um, but yeah, I like, you don't really get developing feelings through these conversations or these things that they do. It's just like they're flirting, and then you get some Bond on screen, and they're still flirting, and then eventually Q's like, you know what? Sure, I am going to be sleeping with him. Um, so I, I just thought that was kind of interesting. I have not really seen, I don't know, I guess like romantic or even sexual feelings or whatever develop that way very often in fic. Yeah, that was something I really liked about this one too. I thought it was interesting that like, there is this development of intimacy and we as the reader get it through Q's eyes in a few different ways. Um, I think the post-its do a lot of work here to complement the sort of on-screen allusions to and then later kind of explicit sexual intimacy between the two of them that like very much plays a part in their deepening relationship. Um, but I liked a lot that we got these 
I don't know, quasi-epistolary, epistolary-adjacent uh, nods to other ways their relationship is developing as well. Like the contrast between the, oh yeah, we're banging, we're basically friends with benefits at this point, even though I caught feelings. Uh, that against the, oh yeah, let's like quote poetry at each other. We're making fridge magnet poetry. Like that is... <laughs> that is romance um I don't know I liked it so much like this this playful romance this like also dramatic romance and then whatever the hell they have going on when they're looking at each other in person it was fun to get the different levels of it I loved that the poetry was Pablo Neruda and then Catullus like a Roman question mark poet where they're mm-hmm. writing they're writing poetry to each other in Latin on like a notepad. I was like, what kind of nonsense? But they can kind of get away with it by nature of the characters being who they are. They are nerds. Okay, I think that's an interesting point though, right? Because (laughs) like, I feel like the poetry thing for me is exactly this kind of interesting intersection of like, what is canon and what is fanon? Because like, Yes, Q is a genius. Like, we know this. He he is very, very smart in the show. And, like, I'm sure he has a great memory, too. And it would not be hard for him to, like, re- like pull back up some poetry that he once read in his memory. Like, I think that is very much, like, in line with, like, the canon Q we know. Do we have anything to indicate that he's, like, read large quantities of poetry or has favorite poets? <laughs> not that I can remember it. I am not, like, a James Bond scholar over here. I have seen all the Daniel Craig movies, but I've seen Skyfall the most. And kind of just made my way through the two after it (laughs) so if we got more details about q's life in those um i don't remember them also they weren't relevant to this fan fiction because it was written based on skyfall so whatever anyway um he has a cat would that be indicative of poetry i don't know see this is the thing like people build this stuff like up build this fan and up based on like these few little details that like we do know about them and i think it's what's also very funny to me and like i think this fic does it well i don't want to make it sound like i'm saying this in like a bad way about this fic or like any of these fics like any w double oq fic but like i think sometimes people build up q right because he's kind of like this very fandom bait character (laughs) like it's ben wishaw and like a little suit like being a tech genius like of course it's fandom bait you know (laughs) and then i feel like people sometimes build a version of bond to match their version of q um Mm. like i think bond can be so many things and that is true to canon too like he is a secret agent who like one of his very real skills is being able to like be many types of person, you know? Um, so I think part of, like, the work of a 00 Q fic is always to be, like, who is, like, the real man underneath the 007 persona. Um, but I think it's interesting how oftentimes it's like, oh, look how conveniently that man fits with Q. <laughs> like, I think it's a delightful thing, don't get me wrong. I just think it's an interesting, like, fandom propensity um, to, like, take this person who could kind of be anything. Like, you could write many, I think, compelling versions of Bond that look very different because what so much of what we get from canon is him being all types of people. And, like, Skyfall is, like, a movie that definitely kind of starts to, like, peel back the onion layers of Bond. Um, and, like, we start to see a little bit more of, like, the kind of, quote, like, human side of him underneath the, like, many different, like spy personas um also again like i don't find it hard to believe that bond would have some poetry stored up in his brain somewhere i think like not only would that maybe occasionally be useful to him he was like a fancy little private school boy back in the day i mean what we call private school is it like public school in england i don't know that always confuses me that's a tangent (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> but we don't like I don't know this is just to go back to the, my main point which is I find it endlessly fascinating and endearing how fandom builds up these like little fanon choices and like I think the poetry thing is something I would also see in other double OQ fics like I get why people do it um it's just also like it does raise that question of like when we actually look at like a list of what canon information do we have about these two <laughs> it's very limited <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the experience of reading this fic very much was, like, um, because I was fully, like, taken in by Q as, like, Tumblr's darling. Like, I liked him very much in the movie, and I liked what fandom was doing with him after. And so it felt very much like, yeah, I I fully get why the read who read this in probably 2013 when it came out was all in for, like, yes, I am buying whatever version of OQ you want to sell me just because I like existing in this space. And whether or not it is, like perfectly tied into the canon who cares i'm yeah. on the fandom side who are just having fun doing whatever <laughs> the hell we're doing like i had a lot of fun reading it now and i also fully 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 see why like this was a thing that i like a ship that i read a bunch and why like this fic was one that i really would have enjoyed like back then as well double oq is kind of steric <sighs> is it hmm. yes Genuinely, yes. Styles is Q. That's like extremely an easy pull. Sure. It literally is. And then Derek is off getting into danger. I think James Bond is more personable than Derek Hale. Well, this is just brutal for me as a Derek hater. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. Should I talk about the end? <laughs> Just because I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, so I I shouldn't skip over like the actual climax of this fic. Spoilers. Uh, spoiler horns, if you will. Pew, 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 pew. Pew. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that was a fun um, little riff you just did, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I got to mix it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they do end up getting together. Wow, shocking. Um bond like gets himself into some trouble i can't remember what exactly happens there and he goes off to a different country and q is like come here to london and let's hang out together and if you're upset you can be upset next to me uh it's very romantic etc james bond does return Uh, we get a picture of the plane ticket which i really liked um just like fun little bits um that i think do so much work this fit could have been so much longer and i think the author utilized the sort of pictures and screenshots and things so well to Mm -hmm. cut down a lot on the word count here it was just very effective um anyway they get together and bond brings some gifts and then yeah at the end of like the last i don't even know how long maybe a couple i don't know a thousand maybe a couple thousand words of this like not super long fic are dedicated to them getting up to public sexual shenanigans like during meetings and stuff (laughs) and i just found it so funny i had completely sort of forgotten about the tag office sex and sex toys i was like ah mm, yes (laughs) well here we I are. Didn't see it coming. It really ramps it just felt it up so there. quintessentially fan fiction. <laughs> it yes, is, it it's is. It's just like so quintessentially fic, though. Like, come on, like you got this author speed run a little bit. I think the like getting together and then of course the the requisite shenanigans that they have to get up to. I think so many stories would have ended earlier, but it feels so fic that it didn't and that we got kind of them doing their thing. I just, like, I thought it was very funny and very charming as a choice, and it also definitely caught me off guard. Where I was like, <laughs> oh, baby, we're going there. Let's do it. 
Well, talking about like very fic-like things to do, the way this fic like properly ends is um, with a grocery list. And like, so the whole time with the notes between Q and Bond, um, they have like different handwriting and different pens, which side note, I really like one because I think it's evocative, but two, I love to imagine, I don't know that this is true, but I love to imagine that the author like roped in a friend and that they were just like sitting next to each other, like writing these different like pieces of media to get the different handwriting and whatnot. Um, But... Yeah, so you have a grocery list, and it's like bread, tea, tomatoes, salt, pepper, strawberry, sugar, cereal, and then it goes into like soldering paste, uh, desoldering braids, bare electric wires, something, copper wire, and sort of Bond scribbling a note like, if I can't get it at Tesco, it doesn't go on the damn grocery list queue, Um, which I just liked so much. I mean, like for a fic of this nature, and by this nature, I mean like with all of its little multimedia aspects, and as Nick said, like using those aspects to sort of like really move the story along and, and fill the reader in on sort of what's happening in between the text. I thought this was a really effective way to end it. Like you get your little snapshot of domesticity and you also get like a little bit of the banter in there. Um, it was just very sweet. It made me smile very much. Um, I thought it was a very perfect ending to this fic. And on that note, I think that's going to do it for our discussion of By No Ordinary Means of Communication, by Laughter Shock. I think especially if you at all were sort of in the Skyfall fandom, I would recommend reading this. It really brought me a lot of joy. Um, I was very pleased by sort of my shot in the dark pick for Remember September and how much fun I ended up having with it. So, yeah. Um, glad glad to have discussed this fic. Thank you to my co-hosts for coming along for the ride, as always. From from male spy to Danny, why? <laughs> So as you know from the intro, my thick pick for this episode is Curving Like the Ocean Toward You by Jism. Um, this is a fic written in 2011 for the Hawaii Five O fandom featuring Steve and Danny, a.k.a. Dano. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they are McDano. Um, this is a fandom I was never in. I just read fic for it. <laughs> Um, but I also at that time, and I mean, honestly, still now, if, if they were still writing like more fic than they are, like was a very like devoted reader of all things Jism. If Jism wrote it, I would read it. Um, so like, you know, of course I was going to read this. Um, I think I remembered some things about it. Um, I got it right that there was some home renovation aspects that actually plays like a pretty big role in this fic, which like. No wonder I like it. As we all know, I like fics about like houses and homes and all that kind of stuff, um, which we'll get into later because I actually have things to say about that. Um, I don't remember what else I even said in the intro, to be honest. Uh, maybe I mentioned that it, it kind of involves um, Danny's daughter a little bit. Um, she, she's in here some. also have things to say about that. Something that I definitely didn't remember in the intro, but can tell you now, is content warnings. So there's definitely some canon stuff I think worth giving a little bit of a content warning for. Um, so the first of those I would actually say is like canon parent death. Like this does deal with like the death of Steve's father, which is like in the show um, and like was a murder. So it kind of deals with that. Uh, also some like kind of, I don't know, I'd say like abusive police powers like played as a joke. Like it involves at one point like them handcuffing this guy in this car wash and stuff. So there's some kind of canon things around that and just like references to other like dangerous or violent things that they might be involved in in their like job capacities. Um, and then 
that's not a central focus of of the fic though i just want to be clear um and then another thing to mention would be references to like alcoholism and some like kind of jokes about alcoholism that are like are they a joke are they not really a joke um so yeah that's my not very well said content warnings but i did want to throw those out there for y'all before we like get into this i don't know how much we're going to be talking about any of those things but uh they are present if you decide to read the fic um yeah, so from my limited knowledge of the show, um, Hawaii Five O is like basically a cop procedural set in Hawaii. Not super surprising there, um, featuring Steve, who I think was maybe like a Navy SEAL or something. Um, but then also like he's called like Commander McGarrett sometimes. I feel like so I really don't like, don't know what his position was. Um, but like now he's investigating things. I kind of. Um, Danny is like a cop from New Jersey. <laughs> Um, and then also, like, Kono and Shin are there. They're, like, also, like, members of their squad. They're not really featured very heavily in this fic. Um, and together the four of them are, like, this basically, like, special ops kind of detective, crime-fighting, police team. It's really unclear, kind of. I feel like they do it all. <laughs> um, and also, like, do a lot of crazy stunts. That's what I remember about this, so there's your poor context for this fic. <laughs> That being said, this is a fic where basically Steve seems to be having a little bit of a hard time um, in his house that I guess was also his dad's house where his dad was killed. Um, and then Danny's like, hey, let's sell your house. But then the housing agent is like, mm, please fix it up. Also, everyone on this island like knows what happened in this house. So you're probably going to have to like rent it to tourists. Um, so like make it touristy. And then... They spend a lot of this being repressed and renovating a house and not acknowledging their feelings for each other um, and just kind of repressedly painting walls. Um, and then they do get together at the end. <laughs> so that's my synopsis of this fan fiction. Um, honestly, I had a really good time revisiting it. I love Jism's writing. I like it's so enjoyable for me to go back to these fics that I read like way back when and like still have a good time with them. Um, I think elements feel dated, but not necessarily based on their writing, more just based on, like, the fandom and, like, which fandoms I was kind of in or engaging with at the time and, like, the hallmarks of those fandoms and, like, what was kind of trendy or popular with how to, like, characterize characters or even, like, what the show was putting forth, um, more so than, like, how Jism was, like, writing things, um... Yeah, so I'm excited to like get into the meat of this fic a little bit more, but before I do, um, co-hosts, what did you think of it? Yeah, one of my first notes on this fic was just that I was really laughing that you had sort of picked this one out of the blue. You're like, I don't know, I want a Hawaii Five-O fic. And then the entire thing is focused on home renovation. Because I was like, Brenna uh -huh. absolutely loves <laughs> a house fic, like a fic focused on homemaking in the literal sense. Like just things, things to do with houses is really, um, I think it's maybe one of the, not lesser known per se, but just like. We talk about it less, I think, as a Brenna staple than we do stuff about, like, androids or humanity or <laughs> Western, Westward expansion, you know, those other hallmarks of <laughs> Renaissance art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like there are maybe some yeah. other Brenna hallmarks we talk about more, but, like, a house fic is really so prime. So that was, like, making me laugh in a good way. Androids, humanity, and Western expansion. <laughs> Uh, if you're not wrong. It was just cracking me up. Sorry, please there continue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was recently, I was going back through some of our old spoilers without context looking for something, and I found the, like, the 
spoiler that was like the Brenna meter and it literally was like Western androids something something and it was just talking about Westworld but it was framed a little bit more broadly (laughs) and it's just like the same things (laughs) anyway um yes I thought this fic was fun I was not even remotely in Hawaii Five-0 fandom I did not know what goes on there in I still don't know what goes on there or like what happened in the show as I was reading, I was having this experience of feeling like I was like one degree off of I could have been in this fandom, but wasn't like there were just sort of certain hallmarks about the way it was written in their dynamic that I was like, um, this is not totally what I was reading and not totally what I was going in for, but it is pretty close. And so I could see like an an alternate universe read who had gotten into Hawaii Five-0. Um, I will say one thing that I did, like, I don't want to say struggle with so much, but just kind of was like, maybe not totally my jam, um, is a little bit what Bren was saying about maybe hallmarks of fandom and even the show of the time. And it's not so much about Jism's writing, but I did find myself getting a little bit fed up with Danny's dialogue. It just is so... He is very rambly and every sentence kind of like turns back in on itself and goes back and forth and whatever. It's a very particular cadence that um, I both found fun. And then at certain points was like, I would just love for you to speak something directly. Um, And uh, from what I understand from Brenna, that actually is like pretty common for just sort of the fix of the time and, and maybe is fairly reflective of the show. I don't know. Nick linked us a fan vid that neither of us watched so i can't say because i've never heard dialogue from the show myself but this all to say like again like i it did not make me like dislike this fic but was something that i i think i stumbled with a little bit um it became yeah a little bit much for me but again that is like really nothing to say about like jism or jism's writing and more just that i expect this is kind of like what fic for this fandom and this pairing looked like at the time I believe I am the foremost Hawaii Five-0 expert on this show now um, because I watched that f- fan vid. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting looks. I'm I mean, maybe I don't now. know. Um, Plead there your case. wasn't a ton of dialogue, so I can't help you that much with that read. It was mostly like Steve, Danny, Danny. <laughs> oh my God, Steve. Uh, yeah, they they get really roughed up on this show. I learned. Um, and then like sit by each other's bedside and stuff dramatically uh, and have their feelings. Um, so just FYI. Um, I did enjoy watching it though. It did help. I learned that Danny is a short king and good for him. It made me like him more. Um, (laughs) yeah, interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I don't think any, I mean, maybe not present day, at least alternate universe Nicks would be Hawaii Five-0 fans. Um, it doesn't seem like it's my speed. I think that's okay. Um, I, like my co-hosts, think that Jism is a very good writer. One of my only notes that I made on this entire fic was clean prose, exclamation point, which I always appreciate. I think, like, there are ways, and in fic you get especially rewarded for finding these ways of evoking emotion through very flowery prose, uh, making things very pretty, using a lot of metaphor and simile, uh, like getting very deep into descriptions of setting or like a micro expression on someone's face. And a lot of times that hits totally. I've gotten swept up in that many a time, but I find myself more and more as I get older, really appreciating like clean, neat, tidy prose that is not a word longer than it needs to be. Um, And I felt like that was a lot of what we saw in this fic. So I just wanted to shout that out and appreciate it because there are a lot of lines um, 
I pulled one specifically that seems very simple, but it just says they work their way through the house together because Danny doesn't trust Steve with his feelings and Steve doesn't trust Danny with his stuff. So good. So good. And yeah, so I pulled tight. that line too. Yeah, it's good. Um, so I appreciated that very much. Um, my favorite parts of this fic very much were the moments maybe reflecting on the domesticity of it and also the shopping. The shopping was my fave. I would not consider this curtain fic, but the parts of it that got closest to curtain fic were <laughs> incredibly my favorites, even though that's not a genre that I ever go for. Um, so I liked that. I thought the side characters were fun. Um, yeah, overall an interesting experience for sure. Not a fic I ever would have picked up myself, so fun to dive in a little bit. Yeah, I would love to talk about the kind of like domesticity homemaking side of this fic. I'm sure um, you would. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to me about myself because I generally don't really like fics that just market themselves as like domestic fics or like curtain fics kind of in that genre. Like, but I have such a love for fics about building a home. And like, I think particularly when the home um itself like seems to become a character in the fic like that's what I really like I think when it's it's both how like the characters interact with it but like because of that interaction it kind of takes on something bigger than itself um like then bigger than just being a physical building of you know wood and plaster I don't know what they're making houses out of in Hawaii um, <laughs> I was gonna say bricks I don't know if they build brick things there um <laughs> whatever but I don't know, I was kind of like reflecting back on like other fics about houses that I've loved and we've talked about some of them on the pod and I think for me part of this love came from fics that like or just like other media that really like the house has some kind of like almost living essence to it like magical houses you know we all know I love this fic those fics but I think also in fics like this like the amount that they interact with the house, it sort of takes on this role as a character in the fic. And I really appreciate that. I think that's where it starts to really work for me. Um, it becomes more than just like, yeah, again, like a physical piece of stuff um, because they tie so many emotions into it. And yeah, I think in this one, it's very literally about them wanting to build a home and like a sense of home together while also being intensely repressed about it and unwilling to acknowledge those feelings to themselves or each other which like you love to see it i love some good old-fashioned repression in my fan fiction <laughs> amen <laughs> don't be aware of your feelings don't say them aloud <laughs> complete opposite um, of maelstrom where we were like different forms of communication are good and now we're like don't talk about anything yeah they we'll talk kind about of it later but like don't talk about it right away, you know? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Spend some Where's time being like... Where's your sense of anticipation? Like, yeah, yeah. We've got to go through all the stages of like, haha, we're just bros picking out pink colors for your house um, before we can get to the fact that the pink colors have feelings um, attached to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that was very like word vomit from me over here about all of that and not very succinct. I'm feeling very rambly tonight, Ficklets. You've probably picked up on that throughout this episode. Um, the thoughts are not concise. They are long. Um, but I just, I don't know. This had such like a, a like longing for that domesticity, for that sense of belonging, for that sense of home that I really, really enjoyed and just like seeing them sort of dance around each other like using this house as the central focus as this excuse like 
It worked so well for me. I love this shit. Like, yeah, it's complete Brenna bait. Also, Ficklets, if you have any fics that you're thinking like, oh, huh, I read this and it has part of this. Any fandom, send them to me. Um, I would love. <laughs> Please. Thank you. Save them in case you get Brenna and the Wreck Exchange. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, so true. Plug for the Wreck Exchange. <laughs> it's kind of true, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think one other thing that lends itself really well to this sense of domesticity, because the domesticity is not like fluffy like a little cloud, like it's grounded in the world. And I think mm -hmm. one reason for that is that this fake is about like believable, I don't know, middle-aged men. <laughs> um, they are not written as like young guns. Uh, Jism is not really like... <sighs> How to say, okay, I, Thicklets, I really struggled with this in pre-discussion, so I'm going to try again here. Um, forgive me, my words are a little bit clunky. I'm trying to get this across in like the most inclusive way that I can while still like saying the thing that I want to say, which is that I think like masculinity is explored in a really interesting and authentic way in this story that we don't always get a lot in fic. I think a lot of fic does subvert gender expectations. It subverts this idea that like men have to be a certain way in a way that I also think is very good. And I appreciate the like ways in which Jism writes these men with an attunement to the masculinity that would be very important to them as characters in the show and due to their jobs and due to their roles, like in society and also within their own family structures. I just think that it was well done. And I think that it opened up a lot of opportunity because it felt very authentic to the characters for the life that they start to build together and the house that they are literally remodeling together to also feel authentic and grounded throughout the story. How was that? It was good. Okay, that was great. much better than all the stuff I just said. Um, <laughs> well, I'm at peak performance tonight. I can't help it. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just got through my pit stop. Oh, my God. Sorry, I was trying to appeal to my F1 <sighs> co-hosts, but it didn't work at all. I well, tonight, and you already know this. <laughs> a little bit deviating from what Nick was saying about sort of masculinity, but going back to the grounded realistic adult characters i feel like part of what contributed to that feeling for me um was grace who is danny's kid she is seven i think seven ish i believe she is nine nine you know and that's the same age um <laughs> I, I hope i'm not wrong now that would be really embarrassing if i corrected you when i was wrong um i do not interact with kids much in my life but I think all three of us hit similar places with, like, kids in fic, not necessarily kid fic, but, like, kids in fic, where sometimes they are written poorly. I don't have a better way of saying that. Like, they are sort of the, like, hallmark version of a child who is there to, like, I don't know, get the adults together or whatever, or they just feel really unrealistic. And again, I don't have, like, maybe the best judgment of what is or isn't realistic for a child but this one felt pretty realistic to me i liked the way that she was written a lot um because i do think yeah kid characters can be hit or miss um she is a canonical uh kid character and i just she liked is nine sorry i had to look it up i was gonna feel so bad if i was wrong <laughs> i am glad you were right um thank you but yeah, I liked the role that she had in this fic so much. And like, to some extent, does she sort of further the getting together of Steve and Danny? Yes. But I liked the way that it happened. Um, like, Steve is like, well, the realtor said I need to have a child's room and neither of us know what children like, but you literally have a child. Why don't we just let her make all of the decisions? 
all of them. The paint and the bedding and the anything that should go into it. Um, as they both, you know, uh, as Brent said, I guess before they are allowed to admit that the paint have feelings, um, they're, they're not admitting that Grace is basically building her own room. No, 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 no. It's it's the room for the theoretical child of a tourist who's going to come rent the house. But I don't know. I thought she was delightful in this fic. And again, I think she sort of helps contribute to that feeling of like, these are adult men who have jobs that they are really rooted in and full lives that they have lived up until this point that are impacting like the people that they are today um so yeah identities outside of each other yes yes thank you yeah nick's nick's got the brain tonight (laughs) (laughs) i think another part about that that worked really well for me is how this fic incorporates just a smidgen of um danny's ex-wife rachel like i think not only danny canonically having this very like prominent in his life past relationship but then also how it's worked into this fic both really contributed to me feeling like they are yeah fully realized adult people um and i don't know i just like this sense also of them being slightly older i feel like these days and my whole time in fandom i've read so much fic about people who are kind of in their early to mid 20s i feel like that's kind of the sweet spot for a lot of like fandom stuff and like that's not to say that there aren't other like very popular ships with older people um but i don't know like sometimes even in those they don't necessarily feel like they have kind of lived through these other relationships and stuff like sometimes even those fics are like kind of have this like first love feeling um even when the guys are like 30 or something, you know, which isn't okay. This isn't to say you can't like have your first romance at 30, <laughs> but I just liked that this fic gave them these paths kind of. And I also like that as much as Danny is struggling to kind of admit to himself, his feelings about Steve, there isn't a lot of like internalized homophobia going on with that for him. It's more just like, I can't like Steve, my partner who like is so important in my life in all of these other ways, because having these romantic feelings for him will like potentially ruin all of that. Um, not so much like, oh, I can't like men. And I think that also combined with what Nick was saying about how masculinity is written into this fic felt very refreshing to me. I think other fics I've read that have characters who have very prominent kind of traditionally masculine, like, jobs or character traits or hobbies or whatever, like, those also tend to be fics where, like, the guys face a lot of, like, internalized homophobia about their feelings, um, which I think also, I don't know, maybe leads to more of this, like, first love feeling once they get over that about these things. Like, oh, the first time that they can really, like, be truly themselves in a relationship. And I like that this didn't have, I don't know, it was just, not to say that that's bad but like it was just refreshing to read a fic that approached things differently with this character and like kind of treated it in a way that i haven't like really read in a while i feel like um and i like that it also didn't invalidate like danny's past relationship with rachel that like that was still like this big you know contributing factor to his life um that wasn't just like swept under the rug i mean she's not there much and yes she basically is only there to give danny advice in this fic but like I don't know. I think it really worked well for me. And I think like it was just another part that like made the characters feel very grounded and like kind of grounded as people who have lived all of these years of their lives having all of these prior experiences like before they get together. Again, so rambly tonight. I'm so sorry, (laughs) y'all. You're here all right. I think one potential like side effect here, and I actually talked about this in a different capacity with Mize There, the Witcher fic that we did. 
about the way like fic authors can reflect and sometimes bring in wholesale dynamics from the canon material that like I don't love um in Meisner we talked a bit about like sexism and the portrayal of women in that case um and in this fic I think it was sort of the the cop of it all if I may um I had a really hard time with Steve's character in part because of the little throwaway jokes about things that he was doing um that to Danny were a sign that like ooh, Steve is not doing super well mentally because he is treating criminals super badly and in kind of whack ways um and that's played very much as like a, I'm worried about Steve whereas as the reader I'm receiving that as like yeah I'm worried about what Steve is doing and I think it's very bad um and so I think that was like a tension that I struggled with throughout this fic a little bit um and it does speak to this larger fandom conversation I think about like authenticity to canon and responsibility or lack thereof right like when you're transforming a work where is the line of what you bring over and what you don't and how you present things and are you responsible to like tell the reader what is right or wrong there are so many different layers to it. Um, so that's just something I was mulling over as I was reading and thinking about what I wanted to say tonight. Well, I feel like that also just sort of speaks to larger patterns of like what fandom latches onto, like oh, yeah. what shows are popular, not just sort of in the general like pop culture consciousness, but like what is fandom finding interesting? What characters are they digging into? I mean, there's a lot to be said for colors of character getting fridged to the side Again, both by the canon of the show and by fanon. Fanon? Fandom? Same thing. Um, I I absolutely feel you, Nick, on talking about, like, sort of what you were bumping up against and what you were struggling with. And, like, yeah, I think it kind of makes sense to see those types of things in a fic written at the time that this was and that it is just sort of, yeah, like I said, representative of larger fandom trends of what fandom gets into. All right. So thanks for joining us on this journey back in time to 2011 um, for this Hawaii 5.0 fic, uh, a fandom none of us were in, but also the ficlets have been discussing a lot recently in the server. So hey, ficlets, this one's kind of for you. I did choose it before you started talking about that fandom <laughs> a lot, but I hope you've that, enjoyed. <laughs> ficlets, we chose this lovingly for you because oh, you were yeah, excited sorry. about it. <laughs> Before we get into our proper outro, we thought it might be fun to just sort of, I don't know, yeah, put up maybe an end cap on our intro discussion where we were like, eh, these fix from our pasts. Um, obviously, throughout these discussions, we did talk a little bit about the experience of returning back to them. But um, yeah, I don't know. Something I was thinking about as I was reading all three of these fix is like, one, they felt very of the time that they were written. And that's not a bad thing. It just was like I felt very transported to the moment of these fics, even if I were not was not in those respective fandoms. And two, I derived so much joy from how ridiculously on brand the three of us were. Oh, my God. Reading these, I was like, yeah, I fully, fully, fully see how like these were moments in all of our respective fandom histories. Yeah, it was really interesting coming back to Maelstrom. I think one of the reasons it stuck in my brain so much is because it is so emblematic of the kind of stuff that I was loving back then. Uh, my fic is the newest uh, by far of the three that we pulled. Um, it came out in the last few years. Um, I read it soon after it came out and then, you know, a couple of years passed and that qualified it for Remember September. Um, but it was a much closer thing. Still, though, I think it really gets at a lot of what I really enjoy looking at in fic that I think it's not impossible to do in original fiction, but like 
angst with a happy ending and especially like heavy angst with a happy leaning open ending is one of my absolute favorite things to read. I think it's so interesting. I think it tells us so much about relationships and community and also like the internal human condition. And I also like, I love seeing how individual authors pull those threads together. Like what does a happy ending look like for this author or that author? What does an open ending with the possibility of things going well look like for somebody else? I think you just get to learn so much about people. And I find that really joyful and I think because for me, fandom is so much about community, those kinds of stories feel very connecting. So I was just reminiscing about that, I guess, stuff that I don't think I was able to put into words when I was younger. Um, I wasn't sure why I liked these things so much. I mean, some of it too is like, right, if I was going through it, I wanted to be going through it alongside BuzzFeed Unsolved Shane, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I'm not doing this by myself. (laughs) But I think as I've gotten older, I've realized more and more BuzzFeed Unsolved Chain was not doing anything with me, but Liminal Weirdo very much was. Um, And that feels special to me. So I'm just appreciative of that. And it was cool to get to go back and synthesize some of these thoughts. Yeah, I think like, I don't know, a journey down memory lane, I think is always kind of a fun thing, especially with fandom. Um, And like I was saying on one of my weird rambly bits earlier, like, for me, I feel like I do have these kind of separate memory timelines sometimes of like, events that were happening in like my kind of outside world life and then events that were happening in my like fandom life and I think like I don't know just like it's nice to sometimes go back and flip through old photo albums or like reconnect with an old friend like that's kind of how it feels sometimes to also like go back to fix you loved or to like rewatch a show that you loved a long time ago like Reed and I are rewatching some of White Collar right now which is a show I haven't seen since I was in like (laughs) high school and there's just this really like warm feeling of nostalgia for me about all of it that I really enjoyed experiencing here. I think, yeah, all of these fics were of an era in fandom and they were all eras I fully enjoyed. Um, so even if things maybe feel a little bit dated or if my tastes have changed a little bit or if I've realized more like why certain things work for me personally or why they don't work for me personally, like that's still fun to go back and reflect on just like looking at like a bad outfit you wore in high school or something but maybe you really loved that sweater even though like looking back you're like (laughs) that was kind of ugly I only had good looks but I can I think I can understand what you're saying yeah yeah thanks Nick um so I don't know I just think like this whole experience was really enjoyable for me with this theme of this episode um it definitely made me think a lot about like yeah, eras in fandom, why fandom latches onto certain things, like the through lines we can see of like fandom's darlings and like concepts fandom likes exploring throughout time, um, which of those like the three of us resonate with the most. Um, I think that's a really enjoyable thing. I would totally do another episode with this a similar concept to this in the future. I had a delightful time. Um, yeah. Memory Lane March. <laughs> I mean, Memory Lane March. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, just a thought. Forgotten February. Just read it January and you reread something recent. This is, I'm <laughs> killing it. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I, I very much agree. I think one of the most enjoyable parts of this for me was the rediscovery of things I love. Um, I have said many a time my memory is really bad. And when I think back on my fandom history, like I tend to think of myself, especially prefix like as being like very mono fandom, which is definitely true to an extent. But I kind of forget that I had these like little stints, like Bren, you're talking about sort of like, I don't know, the timeline of things put into perspective that I had not thought about that if Skyfall came out in 2012 and I was reading this in 2013, it very much double OQ was intersecting with the peak of my like Marvel fandoming 
which in my brain felt so distinct and so separate because I was like, oh, yeah, when I was reading for Marvel, that's the only thing I was reading. And like, that's not true. And so I don't know, I think the remembering of all of these littler pockets of fandom that I was in and really enjoyed and loved at the time brought me a lot of joy as well to just sort of be like, oh, yeah, it was also over in that space. And I really liked it. And it makes me fond to think back on. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fit Click as ever. We've done it, folks. Another episode in the books. Woo! And now is the part that I know you, like everyone listens to the episode, I think, just to get to the outro. So I'm really <laughs> excited um, that you're here now. Welcome. Uh, if you need more Fit Click in your life, you can find us online in various places, including Fit Click on Twitter. You can find us in our Discord server. If you look in the pinned tweet in our Twitter. It's linked there. It is a multi-fanish space that is lovely and never ever comes up with any cursed things that make me as a mod go, oh lord. Um, <laughs> they're at least spoilered appropriately. <laughs> but what a place. Um, you can also email us if you'd like to communicate long form at fitclickpod at gmail.com. You can also email us short form with an email that only says bloodless in the subject line, but... Uh, no one really wants to do that, so it's okay. I will say the handful of Bloodless emails we've gotten have all been very good. Shout out to the yes. Ficklet who first sent Bloodless and then the memes that we've gotten now <laughs> subsequently yes. because we weren't getting Bloodless emails. Thank you. Yeah, yes. honestly, the memes were so on brand for, I think, the Ficklet community, so thank you all. Um, yep. If you'd like to represent FitClick even more so, you can buy merch. Um, the link to that is on our uh, pin tweet as well. Um, and if you'd like to kind of shout out your love for FitClick into the universe, you could either just do that or you could leave a review on one of the podcast hosting sites of your choice, um, perhaps Apple or maybe a different one. Yeah, you could stage a parade in your town ficklets if you okay if you plan a parade i will come be there yeah Yeah. like literally send us the invite as long as it's happening yeah 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 i am imagining um sorry this might only make sense to a small niche of ficklets but um if you've watched them a bim bam tv show and they throw a parade for tarantulas and it's just downtown and it's like the world's (laughs) smallest parade where they're just like ranchos and there's like Uh two cars you could you could throw that kind of a parade and we will be there absolutely that would be my preferred type of parade where everyone is like deeply confused who's passing by and we're like trying to throw (laughs) candy to children um perfect um our next episode is a regular episode but before i get into that the episode after that one will be our anniversary episode pew 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 what in number three Three? baby oh my god let's eat some cake i know yeah we didn't really do a lot of things for the anniversary last year, and so I think it'd be fun to do something this year. Anyway, yeah, yes. something that you as the Ficklets can do to help us out in celebrating the anniversary is um, we have a Google form up. It will be somewhere on our Twitter, maybe pinned. We haven't, okay, at the time of recording, we haven't made it, but we will. So assume <laughs> it'll be on our Twitter and definitely in the Discord. Um, we are just looking for some input on what you might want to hear from us for an anniversary episode. If there is a, a segment, a little bit, that you would like us to do let us know um if there's any like sort of things you'd like us to reflect on about fit click if there's any questions you have about fit click um or any of the content we've discussed on here any fan fictions that we've might have mentioned or not mentioned that you're curious to hear about um yeah we're just kind of looking for input 
But as mentioned, before we get to the anniversary episode, we do have a regular non-themed episode in between. Um, That one will be coming out on September 16th. And Nick, what is your pick? My pick for this coming episode is Slip Safe by Lady Ascalon. This is a fig for Stray Kids Band RPF. We're going back to K-pop land. Uh, and the relationships in order of importance here are Han Ji-sung and Lee Min-ho and Han Ji-sung slash Lee Min-ho. It's a really, really interesting, cool story about different kinds of queer relationships. And I'm excited to talk about it. Reed, what are you bringing? I'm bringing my passionate love of Minsung. No, I'm going to save that for next episode. But <laughs> oh, I'm very wow. excited for this fic you're bringing. I'm glad. Um, my fic that I'm bringing is Shut Up and Take My Money by Attila. It is for Critical Role Campaign 1. It is a Ooh. modern AU. Um, the pairing is Jarrett Howarth? Slash Vexalia. Um, you can read this without any canon knowledge, I think. I have limited C1 knowledge. I do not know who this man is, and I really enjoyed this fic. So that's my pitch for it. And Brenna, what's your fic? Uh, my fic for our next episode is The 1000 Hour Sleep by SPQR. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to pronounce that in some way, but I'm going to read it as individual letters because I'm that's not fine. sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is a fic for Star Trek, um, but specifically Star Trek Strange New Worlds, the most recent TV show. Um, it is Kirk and Spock because I'm me, um, and I'm excited to talk about this and the multitudes of universes in Star Trek. Bren, did you say SPQR? Yeah. The only thing I know about that, wow, hello, Percy Jackson kid here and Percy Jackson sequels. It has something to do with like ancient Roman military, like, okay, in Percy Jackson series, they're in like Greek (laughs) myth camp. And then in the sequel series, they like swap with the Roman kids and the Roman kid camp, it's like SPQR is their like thing. It's like the logo on their shirt instead of like Camp Half-Blood. The last thing I expected you to say. Yeah. (laughs) I was like worried when you said, like, I was very worried that you were going to be like, I know something terrible about this author or something. I don't know. Just like there was a vibe. I was like, oh, no. No, I was just making sure I'd heard the acronym right. That is all I can contribute to what that means, though. S-P-Q-R. Yeah, is that it? If you've read the Percy Jackson sequel series, the Heroes of Olympus, no, I don't know. Heroes of Olympus, maybe. I think it's Heroes of Olympus. Yeah. Don't, Nick, you're, stop putting a scissor on the screen. Stop threatening me. Okay. I'm cutting your hair. No, I don't want you to cut my hair. <laughs> All right. Oh, no. I don't have my scissors with me. Now I'm, both of my co-hosts are threatening to cut me. Okay, you know what? Ficklets. Much like James Bond, I'm going to extricate myself from a bad situation, get away from my co-hosts wielding scissors at me threateningly, and I will see you next episode. Bye! Ficklets, what are we? Bye! Okay, Ficklets, um, I'm probably not going to go off to a home renovation store to choose paint colors, to be honest, because that sounds not fun. But if I was, I'd love you to accompany me. Okay, bye! Bye!